everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. I'm here with Dorinda Wilson, and Dorinda's a mom of eight. In case you haven't been listening and don't know who I am, uh, I have seven children. They range in age from four and a half to 24, and pretty soon going to have two grandkids. Dorinda has eight children. They range mm-hmm. in age from 10 to 24, and yep. you have two grandchildren. Right. So we're kind of, uh, and we've, I've been blogging for many years, about 15 years. I own a website called The Busy Mom, and I am an author and a speaker uh, in my off time when I'm not parenting <laughs> and <laughs> homeschooling and being somebody's wife. Right. Uh, then I'm writing. It's kind of a, uh, just a passion of mine to speak particularly to women. And today we want to tackle kind of a tough subject. Uh, we're going to talk about false teachers in, mm-hmm. in the church and what's happening in the culture. Right. Um, what does the Bible say? You know, so Dorin and I, you know, I'm looking up, I'm like, man, we need, you know, we need sound sound effects. So I found this one. Tell me if you think this is good. Um, this is people who appreciate what you have to say. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. I feel the love. Do you oh, feel it? Yeah, it's great. We're, we're feeling the love right now. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Are you adhering to the word of God? They love that. That's right? great. All right. So that's one, that's one sort of one way that, that people can respond to you. And here's the other one. Uh, are you ready for this one? Here we go. Right. We're getting that a lot. We're right. getting, that, we're, we're getting lot. that a lot these days. Yeah. So there's really opposing points of view mm-hmm. within the church right now. And so I, um, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to talk about um, the, this, the recent uh, Supreme Court ruling mm-hmm. uh, for just a few minutes and uh, what God has to say, because clearly the church is divided on this issue, right. which is astonishing to me. It, it is. Uh, because if you read the word of God, there's no... Um, there really is no middle ground right. on this issue. Right. Um, and I am uh, going to encourage you back to the word of God. Um, obviously, when we're talking about false teachers, they arise from within the church. Mm-hmm. So we're talking to people who go to churches that maybe you're just going, I want to, to turn this around to my benefit, or that's right. too hard. Right. Um, I don't want to hear it. False teachers often put on a false front and they mix the truth. Right with error, mm-hmm. which makes them very hard to discern. And mm-hmm. so you've got to be mm-hmm. on guard. The Bible says you better be in the word. Right. Because a lot of times 80% of it could be truth. And that 20% that isn't yeah. makes it a false teaching. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to encourage you back to the word of God. And I'm, I'm always telling this when I speak to, uh, around the country, uh, don't take don't take my word for it. Go in, go to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I had someone come up to me uh, recently, and uh, and uh, he had disagreed with with my position on homosexuality. And I said, you know what? I appreciate you that you disagree with me. I'm going to send you back to God's Word. Right. Go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to the Word of God. Um, false prophets promise peace when there is no peace. They're going to tell you that you can live in sin and that God won't punish you. Exactly. And that's that's absolutely not true. Jeremiah 14, 13 through 14 said, Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, Those prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them. I did not command them or speak to them. They are hmm. prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless, and um, and the deceit of their own minds. And I actually think that that's true in a lot of what's happening today. Yeah. Um, pastors and teachers who mm-hmm. claim the word of God literally have been deceived. They believe their own lies. Right. Um, I don't know if we're trying to win a popularity contest or, uh, or what's going on, but God warns against uh, false shepherds who can destroy and scatter the flock. And I right. think- we can see that uh, mm-hmm. playing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Right now. Romans 16 says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions mm-hmm. and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Mm-hmm. Avoid them. Avoid them yeah. like the plague. 
and I think we're we're listening to uh, basically what the Bible calls our, our itching ears want to hear. I actually mm-hmm. someone say to me uh, on Facebook the other day, uh, someone I went to a high school with. I went to a Christian high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went to a Christian school actually, um, kindergarten through twelfth grade. And a, a woman that I went to school with said, "I cannot believe that you still cling to." Uh, the the um the scriptures that you believe that they're that they're inerrant <laughs> that you that you're actually clinging to the inerrancy of scripture. Oh my god. And then of course we heard you know former pastor Rob Bell say mm-hmm. that you know the, the church is is just moments away from realizing that letters that were written two thousand years ago um are no longer relevant to the culture. Hmm. And God's word is relevant. That's right. In season and out of mm-hmm. season. The Bible says that we're supposed to be prepared to give a defense. Exactly. And just because people are saying it's irrelevant does not make it irrelevant. Mm-hmm. There's right. many claims being made out there and that is one of the false claims. Mm-hmm. It says in 1 John, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits Absolutely. to see whether they're from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Matthew 7:15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Mm-hmm. That's that is again really strong imagery. And I want to just take a couple of examples. Uh, we're hearing uh, different churches now mm-hmm. departing from what has always been the church's historical uh, stance right. that homosexuality is a sin. Now, I want to to clear something up right now. The Bible actually has a lot to say about the issue of homosexuality, right. but it's no different than any other sin. And I think in in many ways, uh, the church we've done our we've done other people and mm-hmm. even ourselves a mm-hmm. terrible disservice. By elevating this to you know right. the, the, the the sin that's unforgivable right. or the gross sin that nobody exactly. talks about exactly. or or whatever and that was a mistake but it doesn't change the truth of God's word right. it doesn't make uh, marrying someone someone said to me the other day well why do you care if people who right. are of the same sex want to get married and mm-hmm. and I think what's shocking to me is we've gone from um, from calling out sin mm-hmm. from the pulpit and mm-hmm. in our churches. To just sort of covering it, you know, glossing over. We do this with adultery, right? right? We're doing it with sex outside of marriage, Mm -hmm. any kind of sexual sin, really. Uh, But the homosexual activists in this country have really got, I mean, the wind is at their back Right. right now. But it's interesting to me to note that Christians, I think largely because of fear. Right. Because we and because we want to be popular, mm-hmm. we're basically just ignoring the word of God, mm-hmm. and we're saying, you know, same-sex marriage is no big deal. When God said, "I made marriage," like exactly. that's actually my deal, right? And you can't just hijack it like he that. He defined it. Yeah, we didn't define it. He did. Yeah, and and I find it interesting because the second you, we start speaking out like this and and calling it sin, mm-hmm. we're immediately labeled as haters. Yep. And the reality is that if I have a gay lesbian couple living next door to me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be kind to them. Yes. I'm going to help them out when I can. If they're sick, I'll bring them something to eat. Yes, this is not about how we treat them. No. We're going to treat them with love and kindness. Which is what, and this is what God would want you to do. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that seems to be um, misunderstood mm-hmm. and not heard. Mm-hmm. And I, I maybe 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 we aren't saying it enough mm-hmm. that that we we can love them and still in our own hearts say mm-hmm. we don't agree with that. Well Jesus was the ultimate example of that. I mean he was the dichotomy of the gospel. Exactly. This is what people cannot understand. Mm-hmm. How God could send his son to die, really. Right. He sent him here to die mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of our sins as a substitution right. for our sins. Right. And Jesus said, I love you and you're wrong. Right. I love you and you're dead in your sin. And that's the- if you don't repent, you're wrong and you're exactly. going to spend an eternity mm-hmm. uh, 
away from the Lord, separated, the Bible says, in right. a place it's actually called, I know it's a crowd shrinker, hell. <laughs> you know, it exists. It does. And I and the the gospel, the the whole gospel right. isn't popular anymore. It isn't. And when God says that, that is a that is a diagnosis mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. he doesn't, we don't come to the table with just a diagnosis as Christians. No. We bring the gospel as the cure. Yes, that's not right. Not just for homosexuality, yeah. but for our, our own, own sin. Yes. And we're not coming to the table saying, you terrible person, you shouldn't sin like this. Mm-hmm. We're saying, we sin. Mm-hmm. We know We know the power of God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. the power of his grace and his mm-hmm. transforming power. And we want to share that with yes, you. absolutely. Because God has our best interest in mind. He made those boundaries mm-hmm. for intimacy and sexuality because this he's our creator and yeah. that's how he made us. Well, and like I've said many times on my blog, having a creator changes everything. It does. If you believe that you have a creator, then surely he knows what's best for you. That's right. And, I, it's, and it's fascinating to me how many believers, like for example, I'm just going to be bold and say it. I don't understand how a believer could vote for someone who, who would condone partial birth abortion. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time voting for somebody who could who would vote in favor of abortion, but someone who you knew was voting for and pushing for right. partial birth abortion. To me, it's like this spiritual insanity, mm-hmm. this desire mm-hmm. that we have everyone loves us and everyone, you know, everyone, you know, pats us on the back and we're popular and we're this and we're that. The gospel is so, um, is the antithesis of mm-hmm. the culture today. It and is. we should expect that the world isn't going to understand that. But I'm going right. to encourage you. I'm not going to read it here today because I'm going to trust, dear listener, that you have a Bible and you can go read it yourself. But if you're curious to know what God says about homosexuality, read Romans 1. Mm-hmm. Read read Romans 1. Read Genesis 18. Read Genesis 19. I mean, mm-hmm. there. this is not... Uh, I've, I've heard a Christian... Uh, men and women saying that God doesn't care about this issue. And this is central to the family. God made men and women Mm -hmm. uh, in his image. The Bible says that for this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and and be united to his wife and the two should become one flesh. It's an image of of, uh, God's relationship with the church. Uh, This is a sacred institution and the audacity of the Supreme Court of the United States to believe that it can redefine Mm -hmm. something that God has put into place and that Christians who don't know God's word and are not able to defend it would get into the public sphere Mm -hmm. and speak on behalf of the Lord is troubling to me. It is. That we're allowing pastors and teachers to stray so far from the word of God. And I, and I would encourage you, uh, those of you who are listening today, if your pastor is not sending you back to the word of God, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're, or you're not digging into the word. Don't take your pastor's word for it. Don't take my word for it. That's right. Uh, read the Bible for mm-hmm. yourself. Um, the Bible says that false teachers masquerade as angels of light, and I think in many ways that's what this is. It's a capitulation to the world. Right. Like we're saying, it's all right. Mm-hmm. You know, at God doesn't care. Um, can you kind of hear the voice of uh, the serpent? Yeah. You know, you Very won't, you won't surely die. Mm-hmm. God didn't. He didn't. He didn't really mean it. He didn't mean really it mean that it that way, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, and and we fall for it. Mm-hmm. And we're falling for it um, in the culture. And God warns his people not to listen to false prophets who say that they that he won't punish unrepentant sinners. And I think this is this is the linchpin of this thing to me, is when we're talking about a lifestyle sin, which is what homosexuality is. It's living. I'm not talking about someone who struggles with a desire, but recognizes God calls that sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we all have sinful desires. Right. I mean, given our own devices, we we would all just do sinful, wicked things. things. The Bible yeah. says that the heart is deceitful among right. all things. Who could know it? Right. Right. So I'm not talking about someone who has 
feelings of homosexuality or desire to sin in that way. We're talking about people who are celebrating it and right. living it openly. Right. Um, this is where this is where uh, the Christian community needs to say, absolutely not, not in our churches. Mm-hmm. We're called to be set apart. That's right. And I'm wondering uh, if now we're not going to get an opportunity to actually be set apart. It's, it's looking that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, I, I want to encourage you to, if you haven't um, had an opportunity, look to see what God says about all sin. Um, hold your pastors accountable to, mm-hmm. to reading the word of God and not shying away uh, from it. You know, Timothy said that a time is coming when uh, men will no longer listen to sound doctrine. Right. But we will we will listen to whatever our itching ears want to hear. And mm-hmm. I think in the culture, now that we've seen this gigantic shift, right. um, we're going to see more and more and more of that right. straying away. Right. From the word. Yeah. Do you remember um, one of the one of the comments you got on your Facebook page when we were? I'm trying to forget some this, <laughs> but go ahead, bring it back up. <laughs> but just the whole idea that um, what I noticed is that people will embrace the idea of God, yes. but they say I, I don't believe the scriptures are relevant, um, and uh-huh. yet they would turn around and say, "You are speaking against what God preaches." And I, my response to that was, "How do you know what God preaches if you don't read the Word and don't That's believe right. the Word?" So there's definitely I didn't get an answer on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> because there because the answer would have sunk his argument, right? And the bottom line is, you either embrace all of God's Word mm-hmm. or you don't embrace any of it. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. bottom line is, if you're picking and choosing, you're creating your own religion. Yes. It's your own idea of how things should be. And Mm -hmm. that is not anchored. Mm -hmm. We talked about this in another podcast about Mm -hmm. the Word of God anchoring us. It Mm -hmm. anchors us because we believe the whole thing Yes, from start to finish. And we believe that it is the written Word of God and that it's living and active and powerful. And sharper than any two sword. Yeah. If you don't believe that, then everything that you and I are saying right now is Mm -hmm. pointless. That's right. Yeah, and so you cling to the scriptures. We cling to that, and we need to as believers. And I think it's a chance to just go. We, you know, we trust in God. His right. word is the plumb line by right. which we measure all things. I heard a great message a few weeks ago, and my boys were. It's funny. You look at teenage boys listening to a sermon, you think they're not getting any of this, mm-hmm, right? right. <laughs> oh my goodness. We got in the car and they said, that was such a great sermon. Mm-hmm. And it was a reasons, legitimate, factual reasons to believe why the Bible is mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. and it is um, accurate and it's yeah. and it has been preserved over the years. Mm-hmm. There's there's There are very few scholars out there who will argue anymore yeah. that it isn't legitimate. Yep. And so there are many reasons, archaeological reasons, but this pastor gave five very solid factual, it had nothing to do with feelings, Mm -hmm. it had everything to do with fact, that the Word of God is true, and it is all there, and it was... Intact. And those boys said to me, I needed to know that, Mom. Yep, Yep. it's so important. (laughs) And And at the end of the day, and and even so, at the end of the day... all the research could point to the fact mm-hmm. that God's word is going to be true, and people will still reject it. Absolutely, people will reject God's word, and that's why the Bible says in Hebrews eleven, all these by faith. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham left a country that's that right. wasn't his own, and he went to where he went to where God called him. Mm-hmm. We we believe God's word on faith. That's right. You know, I love. I can't think of the scripture right now, but I love um, the verse that says, "Blessed are you who have not seen and still believe." That's right. Those of you who are here and you haven't seen signs and wonders, and you have, but we've experienced God's healing in our own life. We've experienced the power mm-hmm, of God mm-hmm. in our own life. And it's our responsibility to walk 
rightly uh, before him. I'm going to end today by just um, reminding you that we are living kind of in Jeremiah's time. I've mm-hmm. been, you know, I'm reading through the Bible in a year, and unfortunately, I'm in the book of Jeremiah right now. And it's <laughs> unfortunately, it's really like every time I'm I read, sorry. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is totally our, this is totally us. But a, a, a horrible, a shocking thing happened in, in Jeremiah's time. False prophets spread lies, and the Bible says the people loved it. Mm. The Bible says the people loved it. Jeremiah mm-hmm. five thirty to thirty one. An astonishing and horrible thing has has been committed in the land. The prophets, so in other words, the pastors, right, uh, teach falsely, mm-hmm. and priests rule by their own power. And my people, God's people, love to have it so. And so Jeremiah asked the Lord, what will you do in the end? Like wow. he's weeping, he's grieving mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was recognizing the church is being overrun mm-hmm. by false teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways that's happening today. So we want to encourage you uh, before you take any pastor's word for it, uh, open the Bible for yourself that's and right. say, Father, teach me, mm-hmm. uh, teach me from your Holy Spirit. You don't mm-hmm. have to have a degree from Bible college to read the word of God. Know God's word. Uh, that's where true hope and that's where uh, truth is always ever only found. We'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.